This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 7th of December. In your Squiz today, a guilty verdict for Aung San Suu Kyi. Boycotting Beijing. A warning on future pandemics. And judging Christmas trees. This is your Squiz today. Aung San Suu Kyi Claire was the civilian leader of Myanmar, but she was ousted in a military coup earlier this year and has been under house arrest since. Now a military court in the country has sentenced her to two years in jail on the charges of inciting public unrest and breaching COVID-19 protocols. And that's just the start of it. We'll get to what might come next in a bit, but first a bit about her, Claire. So she is a hugely popular figure in Myanmar. She's the daughter of the country's independence hero, a guy called General Aung San. Uh, she was a fighter for democracy. She won the Nobel Peace Prize for those efforts. Uh, and for that, she was placed under house arrest for 15 years until 2015. And after that, her party, which is the National League for Democracy, won the 2015 election in a landslide, she was unable to become president of Myanmar because she has two sons with her British husband and that saw her banned under the law. It's all fairly concocted by the military to keep her out of direct power, but she became the de facto leader of the country. And what we saw happen on the 1st of February with that military coup, she and her National League for Democracy colleagues have been locked down. Yeah, as I mentioned, these charges are just the beginning. Suchi could be sentenced to 100 years in jail if found guilty of nine other criminal charges. Yeah, they're all fairly politically motivated as well, her supporters say. Uh, as for where she is, no one really knows. But what the military spokespeople have said is that she will be held at her current detention place, which is believed to be a form of house arrest. Uh, but what it does seem is that they are really stretching uh, the coup out not to hand power back to those democratically elected officials, but to hang on to power and to keep Suu Kyi out of power for the rest of her life. There's plenty we still don't know. All this information is being put out by state media. Critics describing what is happening to Suu Kyi as a farce to justify an illegal power grab. Claire, this one has been long speculated upon and now it's official. The US has announced just this morning that government officials will not attend the Beijing Winter Olympics. That's due to kick off on the 4th of February next year. It's what they call a diplomatic boycott of the Games. Yeah, what it would see is United States athletes going to those Beijing Winter Games to compete, but its officials would stay at home. And it's seen as a way for the US to mark its disapproval with China's concerning human rights record uh, and also its aggressive stance on Taiwan. Uh, What reports also say is that countries like Australia may do the same if the United States leads the way. We'll wait and see on that. But our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, did say last week that the Australian government is considering the matter. Professor Dame Sarah Gilbert is one of the inventors of the AstraZeneca vaccine. So these days, when she talks, people tend to listen. She's given a speech in London. She said that future pandemics could be more lethal than the current COVID crisis. 
Was the whole speech this doom and gloom, Claire? <laughs> no. Right. She is someone to listen to. If you cast your mind back to Wimbledon, she got a standing ovation, mm. uh, including from the Royals. So she really is someone who does get quite a bit of attention these days. Uh, what she said is that there needs to be greater funding for pandemic preparedness. Of course, you've got to strike while the iron's hot if you're a researcher in that field. Uh, she says that the lessons of the last couple of years must not be lost. She also warned that the current COVID vaccines might be ineffective against Omicron and she urged for caution until more was known about that strain. Uh, a little bit more optimistic is Dr. Anthony Falke. He's the United States diseases expert. Uh, he said that Omicron appears to be less dangerous than the Delta strain. Yeah, so that's something, I guess. And just to round out COVID news, back home at Queensland yesterday announced they'd be opening their border to vaccinated Aussies on the 13th of December, four days ahead of schedule. The Federal Electorate of Warringah, which covers parts of the North Shore and northern beaches of Sydney, was held for a long time by former Prime Minister Tony Abbott. And then last election, it changed from the Liberals to the Independent MP Zali Stegall. Claire, now Gladys Berejiklian's name has been floating around as a potential candidate. It started as a whisper and yesterday Prime Minister Scott Morrison actually entertained the idea uh, at his press conference when he was out and about. Uh, lots of questions about whether Berejiklian will actually mount a run in Warringah. Uh, she, for her part, hasn't said anything, including whether she's even remotely interested in the idea. So there's some way to go. But certainly these whispers now bubbling up to become something that the Prime Minister is talking to the media about. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but it certainly could be on the cards. If it does happen, could be interesting given Zali Stegall is one of the MPs who is gung-ho about the federal government establishing an anti-corruption commission, not dissimilar to the New South Wales government's ICAC, of which Gladys Berejiklian is under investigation by. Squeeze the day, Claire. The 7th of December marks the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbour. Yes, that will happen tomorrow, even though it is the 7th of December here today. Of course, it's almost 24 hours on delay if you're in Hawaii. So that commemoration will happen there. Pearl Harbor, of course, was a turning point in World War II with the Japanese attack bringing the United States into the war. Uh, in that attack, more than 2,000 Americans were killed and eight battleships were destroyed. So it was a really big deal. Yeah, for our part, it was a time when many Aussie troops were sent to the Pacific to join the US to fight Japan. And of course, 80 years later, we remain a close ally of America. And because that was a pretty serious squeeze the day, Claire, let's finish by having a chat about the Trafalgar Square Christmas tree. That's in London. It's a bit despondent looking. <laughs> it is a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> the tree is an annual gift from the people of Norway. Uh, they do that each year and have done it for decades. It's in recognition of Britain's support for Norway during World War II. So they usually get a pretty good tree this year. It doesn't have a lot of fault. <laughs> on it so it's had lots of comments about how sad it's looking yeah if you see a fairly sad looking as i said despondent christmas tree online on social
social media, that's the tree we're talking about. Norway has responded to the criticism fairly well, I say. They said they're pleased that people are passionate. It's a sign that Londoners care about the tree. So I like that upbeat attitude. That's a good way to finish the podcast today. <laughs> it's a glass half full, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks as always for tuning in to the Squiz Today podcast. Larissa and Eliza will be back with you tomorrow. Until then. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.